Welcome sentient beings from all known universes and beyond. It's time to activate your cranial downlinks and prepare to receive a raft of discussion on a cosmic ocean of science fiction and fantasy topics, interviews with local area genre devotees, and insightful prognostication by our soothsayers of science fiction, our forecasters of fantasy, and any other beings that happen to get caught in our gravity well. This is the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. Good morning, and welcome to the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. I'm Bill. I'm Linda. I'm Seth. And I'm Chris. And I've got some blathering droids behind me. Hopefully that'll stop once we get actually into the, the show here today. But uh, welcome, everyone. We, we uh, kind of wanted to uh, kick off the show talking about the latest Godzilla movie, which Linda and I had a chance to see uh, this past Thursday. Uh, we actually went and saw the black and white version. Uh, there is a color version uh, that came out, was in the theaters. And um, our uh, local uh, draft house uh, cinema um, had a special showing of a black and white version of Godzilla Minus One, which I don't know what you thought about it, Linda, but I liked the black and white. It kind of took me back to the original yeah. Godzilla movies. Um it seemed it seemed very appropriate. It was like, yeah. oh yeah, the old the old Godzilla movies, yeah. Right, and so this one was um, was uh, took place in like 1945, so it's right after the end of World War II, uh, and Japan's pretty much a mess from the end of the war, uh, as you can probably imagine, <clears throat> and um, it follows the story of. Um, a uh, Japanese uh, airman who was a kamikaze pilot, but um, couldn't bring himself to to kill himself. And so on his mission where he was supposed to do the kamikaze dive into a ship, he instead flew to a, a maintenance island, that's him there, and landed and tried to tell the engineers that there was something wrong with his plane. And... Um, so they look at the plane and they say, well, there's nothing wrong with the plane. You're just a coward. And um, so um, that night they hear this uh, horrible noise coming from the shore and they uh, light up their uh, floodlights and shine it out to sea, thinking it's uh, allied troops coming in to attack them. <clears throat> it turns out it's not. It's uh, Godzilla, which uh, at that point, Godzilla is about the, the size of a T-Rex. So not really that big. I mean, he's uh, a little bit bigger than the guy's uh, World War II fighter plane that he had sitting on the tarmac there. Mm -hmm. And anyway, uh, so they uh, so they're all hiding in a bunker watching this Godzilla walk around and and um, trying to figure out what they're going to do. And one of the uh, maintenance guys says, well, you've got a 20 millimeter Gatling gun on that airplane. 
you need to go over there and get your Gatling gun and shoot this thing and kill it. And of course, you know, he's kind of a big chicken. So of course he doesn't want to run out there, but they finally force him out. And so he runs over and gets in the plane and, and uh, Godzilla ends up walking right in front of him, right in the target sights of his gun, but he can't bring himself to he fire. Can't shoot him. And <laughs> so Godzilla proceeds to move on and, and rampage the whole um, tarmac yes, area and the hangar deck and chews up and kills all the guards except for one. Oh, what a chicken shit. Yeah, well, except for the, the chicken shit guy and the one uh, senior maintenance guy. They're the only two left come morning. And um, so it ends up following that that um, uh, airman through the rest of the show. So I'm um, going to interrupt for a moment because I yeah. have a problem with everybody calling him chicken shit guy. So he's he values life. I get the, I get the impression that he doesn't he's not a guy who just goes out and willy nilly kills things because he has a deeper life has a deeper meaning to him, which is unlike, you know, any other Godzilla movie that I've seen. Now, granted, I haven't seen that many because I can't stand them, but Bill talked me into this one. And I'm glad he did because this was a totally different. It was more about the relationship that he has with this woman that he meets than Godzilla. Godzilla was not like the whole thing in it all the time. There was a lot of other stuff going on, which made this worth it for me. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> so anyway, it kind of follows this guy and he ends up um, going back to Japan and, and um, mm -hmm. sort of uh, making a home out of the rubble that he finds where he used to live. His parents were killed. Um, and he ends up, uh, running into a woman, um, uh, that has a baby. Uh, turns out she found the baby. It was, you know, had been left alone and was the only survivor of its family, I guess. So she picked it up and then she ran into him. So it's like the three of them are all pretty much orphans at this point. And they end up, uh, taking up residence together and, and, um, uh, you see them, uh, getting closer over the span of about two years or so. And um, during that two years period, um, you get a little bit of the sense of the uh, Cold War that's picking up between America and Russia. And you see okay. a lot of, of the uh, nuclear tests in the Bikini Islands. And uh, some of those nuclear tests as they're going on uh, irradiates uh, Godzilla. And um, as a result, he grows to mammoth proportions and um, gets his uh, signature heat ray and all that kind of stuff from all of that. It's the and, typical story, yeah. Yeah. And um, so at that point, um, well, he starts trying to catch him. Yeah, he starts menacing Japan. And um, um, so it, it was actually it was actually pretty good. The it's called uh, Godzilla minus one. And the reason for that is, is that um, at the end of uh, World War II, uh, Japan was the lowest uh, it could be as far as morale and, you know, everything. They were just at the bottom of the totem pole because they'd lost the war completely. And when Godzilla came and started 
rampaging and destroying everything that they had managed to rebuild in those two years, it's sort of, they were no longer now at zero. They were at minus one. They were lower than low. And um, it was uh, an interesting commentary on uh, government and government's uh, ineffectiveness at uh, protecting the people. So um, Japan has pretty much accepted the fact that they can't expect any help from the United States because the United States is too busy um, countering the Soviet Union to have mm -hmm. time to help Japan. And the Japanese government uh, won't even be honest with their citizens about the fact that this mm -hmm. Godzilla thing is coming and it's destroying the country because the government of Japan doesn't want to seem to be ineffective, even though they are ineffective and there's nothing they can do about it pretty much anyway. So at the end of the story, uh, it's actually a lot of these former uh, Navy guys coming together and uh, they managed to get the government of Japan not to um, send a bunch of their uh, destroyers. A bunch of their destroyers were supposed to be turned over to the United Nations to be used for peacekeeping stuff at the end of the war, I guess. Mm -hmm. And so they got the Japanese government to delay that so that these ordinary men that were now just regular citizens could resume their uh, military roles and make these ships effective and go out to sea and try to battle Godzilla. And uh, so they have a pretty good plan for it. And um, it actually appears to work. I mean, they, they pretty much blow him to bits and um, what's left of him sinks into the ocean. But the, the core of him, uh, you can see at the end of the, the film there, you can see just behind the people is the bottom of his foot. You can see the three talons. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so he's like enormous now, right? And uh, but at the end of the film, you can see uh, because of the radiation, his body is starting to regenerate. So there's room for another another movie. But it was very good. The plot was really good. Linda, mm -hmm. did you like it? Yeah. And um, it's had so, a lot of great review online. So that's what kind of prompted us to go see it. So Linda, I have a bone to pick with chicken shit. And <laughs> If he's someone that values life, he basically looked at this creature that he had an opportunity to kill. Right. That killed the rest of his uh, fellow soldiers. Yeah. And then later on, you know, grew into probably killing thousands, tens of thousands of people. Right. And destroying right. Uh, an entire country, practically. Um, to me, that's kind of, you know, contradicts his view on valuing life. If you have an existential threat to you and yours, well, you think yeah, you know, well, a creature. Well, I guess at the time, maybe you didn't think it was that big of a deal, but. Well, one thing that Bill left out is toward the mm -hmm. end, he changed, you see him change from something that values life to mm. he's, it's starting to kill people close to him. And he finally gets in his plane and that takes the bomb and puts it down his the throat of uh, Godzilla and redeems himself in that way. So it kind of after everyone else already died, but right. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking on it. It's it's fine. I get it. Yeah. yeah. No, and here's here's the thing though, Linda, that if you recall, <clears throat> when he's uh, when he lands at the maintenance facility and gets out of his his plane. 
he his hands are shaking because he's yeah. he was so scared. And when he goes into the plane and he grabs onto the machine gun turret waiting for Godzilla to come into right. view, his right hand is shaking because he's so scared and terrified. And mm -hmm. I think it was more of the fear. yeah, the fear really than his respect for life. I think maybe later on that may have changed. And okay. he may have got well, later on. He should have felt guilty because he had a right. Well, and he, did. And, and he and did. that was yeah. the thing he had. Um, he was for those two years uh, in between the war and him facing off of Godzilla. He would have nightmares of these um, uh, maintenance men, you know, accusing him of being a coward kind of a thing and and uh, leaving them to letting them die. You let us down. We died because yeah. of you. Right. 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 Not everybody's cut out to be a kamikaze pilot. <laughs> no, yeah, but but you'd enough. think if you were faced with Godzilla, you could at least pull a trigger in self-defense. Well, and especially if he did. I mean, I get where he looked like a T-Rex, but he wasn't big enough to defeat. Big enough. Right. Yeah, he wasn't big enough then, and you had the opportunity to let it go, and then it became exactly. damn near impossible. So. Yeah. Right. Exactly. I, his mess up, but I guess you wouldn't have a movie if he just blew him away right there in the tarmac. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I would love to see an edit of that where somebody did that and he got blown away right there in the tarmac, and then it yeah. says the end. The five minute, the five minute edition of what, right. what should have happened. Right. That'd be pretty interesting. If only he didn't hesitate. So, so kind of toward that, I don't know if they were playing any with it, but there is a theme in the Godzilla movies of uh people who Godzilla respecting people who also like have this childlike reverence for life. It comes from the kind of weirder yeah. of the movies, right? Like definitely when the they were just cranking them out with rubber suits and whatnot. But mm, yeah. there, like there was, there's a definite like history of the character responding to humans who are. Who like believe in life, right. especially when Godzilla's more in the protector than the destroyer role. Yeah, mm -hmm. there was none of that in this. He was totally just a destroyer Godzilla, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and he didn't care about anybody or anything. In fact, uh, his uh, his heat ray in this one was so powerful that it could almost create like the equivalent of a nuclear blast. Wow. And so we see at one point um, the uh, the pilot and his girlfriend are in this area where Godzilla's rampaging and they're they're part of all the people that are running away. And she falls and he runs back to help her up as Godzilla's approaching. And um, the uh, Japanese military has some tanks and they start firing at Godzilla from this hill area or something. And um, mm -hmm. that's when Godzilla activates his heat ray and creates this devastating equivalent of a nuclear blast kind of a thing. And as the blast wave is coming and they're standing next to the building, um, the girlfriend uh, pushes the pilot in between uh, a very narrow alleyway between two tall brick buildings. And that saves his life, but the blast just blows her away and when he comes out from the alley and looks around it's just nothing but it looks like a, a nuclear Waste. wasteland yeah. right and um so she's dead and and now he's got to raise the kid um by himself 
kind of a thing. And, and um, so that at that point, um, I think is when he decides this Godzilla thing has to die and he's willing yeah. to do whatever it takes to kill it. And so um, after she pushed him in, was there like a good solid two seconds where they just like made solid eye contact instead of her coming into the alley after him? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, actually, it didn't last that long. She just pushed him, and you see the wave just take her away. Okay, so there's yeah. at least it was more realistic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> Godzilla movies can go one of two ways, I yeah. feel. One is the serious and realistic depiction of what it's like to have to deal with one of these giant yeah. monsters right. going right. around your country, which it looks like this is. Yeah. And then there's the more campy ones where you've got the high drama of, like, she would have pushed him into the... yeah. Into the safe space, and the music would have swelled as they look at each other. With, I love you, and I know what you've just done. And then the blast—he just watch her, watches her get blasted away instead of right. stepping right into the alley like a normal sane person. Right? Yeah. No. Uh, it was definitely the the first, uh, the former one of those. And in fact, um, she shoved him in there with such force that it. Uh, it knocked him over might have knocked him out uh, or or maybe it was the blast that knocked him out i don't know but anyway when he came to he was surprised she wasn't in the alley with him, with him and yeah. that's when he kind of runs out and sees this you know the equivalent of a nuclear wasteland where the city used to be and uh so yeah it was it was a, a really good movie and uh oh, it's supposed to be out on streaming uh, like july 8th um july. and that's July, a ways. That's July. It's a ways off. Way out there. Yeah. So but, we should uh, be able to rent it digitally sooner, right? Yeah, I would think Oftentimes, so. Oftentimes, but uh, yeah, if they say it's not going to be released till July, it's streaming. Mm, well, since they even did like a color and a black and white re-release, they're probably going to let that sit out there for a while. Yeah, yeah that's interesting. Right. Um, with, with the color and the the black and white, you didn't feel like you missed anything from the film, not having it in color at all. I didn't feel like we did. In fact, uh, yeah. so we went and saw it with um, uh, Josh Cato and um, he had already seen the color version. Mm -hmm. And uh, so when he found out they were doing a black and white version, he called Linda and I and he's like, hey, we're going to go see you guys want to go. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, we'll go check it out. So we went and he said, yeah, it was just it was equally as good. But he said uh, he recommended that we you know, watch the color one when it comes out mm -hmm. and uh, to, to see what we think. But I liked it. Uh, you know, to me, it it felt like, you know, one of the original Godzilla movies. 1954 with, OG you know, release kind of thing. Right. It was like, you know, updated with, you know, modern storytelling techniques and, and uh, you know, modern special effects and everything. And, and uh, <clears throat> I thought it was very effective and Good. it really immersed, yeah. immersed us in the original Godzilla. And of course they had the, um, unlike some of the Godzilla movies that come out, they had the original Godzilla theme song playing when he's attacking, you know? And, oh, nice. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was really good. Really liked it. So I can't wait for it to, to come out on streaming or. or, so this or is, uh, did they leave any, um, you know, we mentioned, you know, they basically take him down near the ending, but did they leave it open at all to continue this? Um, uh, yeah. 
Because that's been a theme lately with a lot of the yeah. different reboots that we've had. They did because, um, at, um, and spoiler alert here, the uh, <laughs> the pilot, uh, the pilot um, finds uh, that uh, his girlfriend actually wasn't killed, but she's kind of been, um, she was severely injured and she was in a coma in the hospital all this time um, while they're battling Godzilla. And uh, so he finds out that she's still alive. And so they they and the child all reunite in the hospital at the end. So right before you see Godzilla's corpse sinking into the, into the, the ocean yeah. and starting to, to pulse and regenerate. Yeah. So, all of a sudden you see this okay. and then it ends right there. And you're like, oh, I knew it. And that's, and that's what I would have figured. They, they would have gone something like that. A lot of them have. And, and yeah. so for... Um, for anyone uh, listening uh, to this podcast, just kind of give you perspective. We've had well over 50, 60, 70 years of Godzillas since 1954. Mm -hmm. uh, being, I believe, the original, but it looks like I'm looking at a list of about 38 uh, Godzilla films. And um, I uh, am a youngin, so I really didn't get my first Godzilla till like the late 90s. Uh, which was one of the uh, reboots that had like Matthew Broderick and oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and actually because that was my OG one, um, uh, you know that that one is still kind of one of my one of my favorites. But I did end up going back watching some of the older uh, ones that were made uh, because in in high school I actually have a friend who still to this day is probably the biggest Godzilla fan I've ever met. Um, goes through all the, the films, goes in, you know, he's got huge collections of Godzilla type uh, memorabilia and everything. Um, so if there's ever a Godzilla convention or, you know, you're meeting people <laughs> who are creators, like he's there. And so he introduced me to some of the other ones uh, to go through and see. And, and some of them, to, to your point, Seth, you know, people running around in rubber suits, kicking over plastic buildings or whatever, was kind of yeah. like how it was. But there was, even in the cheesiness, there was something to that. But in the last, you know, 10 20 years we've gotten these kind of semi-okay reboots right um the, the wow. last one probably being better obviously than the 1998 godzilla that we got um yeah. but you know here we are with another godzilla minus one yeah and it looks like are we going to run this in parallel with you know the godzilla versus kong that we have coming out right uh, i believe this year um you know we we have this weird array of uh kong or not kong but Godzilla universes, right? So let's just right. spin up another one. Are we okay with that? Are we not okay with that? I, I, don't, know. I don't know how I feel about it. I don't like the direction that ultimately the the Godzilla versus Kong, I think, is going. Yeah. Um, but at this point, I've had so many Godzilla arcs. I'm like, wait, which one has this and which one is yeah. not? Yeah. yeah. So, and in the, in the one that's <clears throat> coming out, uh, Godzilla and Kong team up against like a Super Kong. Which would be weird, I think. I, I yeah, you know, right. Like they're getting to the point where they're flying off the handle, right? Yeah. Just, oh. I mean, from the shark. The, the Godzilla movies have always gone that way when they go that way, because yeah, like some of the some of the movies got really silly, and this just seems like more in it's that vein. Comical to me, I agree. Yeah, but yeah, but I think Chris, kind of to your point, there's really two different Godzillas. There's the Japanese Godzilla, 
And then there's the Godzilla that's marketed, that's uh, been adopted outside Japan. The Godzilla franchise? Yeah. So, like, Godzilla, the the first one, 1954, like, the movie, the franchise, Mm -hmm. was all kind of a cultural touchstone around the bombings of Hiroshima and Nagasaki Mm -hmm. and just the the cultural... uh, dealing with that as a culture Mm -hmm. yeah and that nobody no one else on earth knows that uh, kind of the trauma that goes along with went along with that and then the decades and the continuing health problems afterwards it's Mm -hmm. a it's just a scar that uh, godzilla was part of the healing i think which is why Mm -hmm. You've got. Uh, I'm really interested now to see Godzilla minus one because I think it's really getting back to that core of the Godzilla story. Yeah, and that's why I think it's different than the Godzilla that's been the other Godzilla franchise that's run really big because that one is just pretty much big monster hits hits each other with maybe some more modern story elements thrown in. But Godzilla minus one is getting back to the actual cultural core of the entire character and kind of retelling that story with modern uh, movie making techniques and storytelling. That's what it sounds like. So I'd probably, you know, personally, I'd probably watch both the color and the black and white. Probably yeah. the color because for me, I, I'd expect to, to watch it in that yeah. form. Sure, but mm-hmm. I also I do have an appreciation for the fact that they did a black and white. Yeah, um, I think is um, maybe a little bit more of a tribute or a throwback uh, right. to to <laughs> Seth's point there on getting back to the original kind of message of it. And mm-hmm. you know, I think it's a better maybe repairing of what the original film was back in, in 1954, yeah. as opposed to what it is now, which largely ignores anything going on uh, in Japan or the timing of you know why Godzilla exists and those nuclear tests and what those implications were for yeah. you know Japan back during the war. So I think I think the timeline of it is actually pretty interesting too, because you, you mentioned this one takes place right right around or after World War II. So. Yeah. 1945 um, is when it starts out. Well, because you see the the first ep, uh, frame of the film is the pilot, you know, um, eschewing his kamikaze duty and escaping to land on a on a, a maintenance yeah. island nearby where the fight was taking place. So, I mean, the war's just still finishing up. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, but the yeah, it. it and I mean, from what Linda said as well, with the movie focusing more on characters, mm-hmm. you know, uh, that also I've it's been a real, real long time since I've seen the original Godzilla. Like, uh, I, yeah. yeah, Chris said the first one you saw was Matthew Broderick's in the 1990s. Yeah. I think I was watching these. I remember watching these with my cousin in my cousin's basement when I was like eight and ten years old on Saturday mornings. Yeah, and we just watched these things. So. Like they, those were way more goofy, and I don't remember if I clocked the original as the original. But I'm having a feeling that it's if we watched the two, we would find a lot of similarities. Yeah, I'm really uh, curious to actually maybe watch the original and this one. Yeah, it was um, 
maybe two years ago, I think, that um, the Alamo Draft House had uh, the original Godzilla film. So um, mm-hmm. when the original Godzilla film was um, released here in the U.S., uh, the uh, distributor um, edited it and they cut out a lot of it and inserted scenes with Raymond Burr so that it could be more Americanized for American oh. audiences. And uh, so it was nice to see the original uh, version version without Raymond Burr and how that <laughs> how that played out. Uh, it was quite different. It was uh, much more, you know, the message of uh, anti-nuclear, um, anti-war kind of thing uh, was a pretty heavy message in the original. And that got diluted quite a bit with the Raymond Burr, Burr version mm. because, of course, at the time that was released, the U.S. was you know, actively developing its nuclear weapons and they didn't want any anti-war sentiment. So yeah. that needed to be watered down substantially for the U.S. audiences. I mean, I feel like a lot of the media that we would have seen from other countries uh, around that time, probably through the 90s, was all heavily edited for American audiences. Yeah, yeah. Like, Chris and I know that you uh, even in up through the 2000s, and today even, they're still uh, changing anime series to fit yeah. our specific... Uh, weird cultural things so that they're more successful. Yeah. Yeah. Down from narratives. Or, down or to just editing out the weird Japanese things that don't yeah. fly anywhere other than Japan. No, just we'll, edit we'll it out completely well. change an entire dialogue, uh, the whole thing. So huh. it, there's a lot of anime series that I've that I've had to go hunt down original stuff and I'll be watching it through and I'm like, wait, I don't recall that ever happening. I was like, oh well I had the the edited Americanized version initially. Yeah, one of the uh, one of the original series of Sailor Moons, uh, Sailor Moon. A couple yep, of the Sailor cool. Scouts were uh, a uh, lesbian couple, and when it mm. came over to America, they were cousins. Really, yeah, no longer really cousins. <laughs> All right. So, well. Yeah. Well, good. I, well, so I recommend uh, if you haven't already seen it, get out there and see it. If you have seen it, let us know in the comments section what you thought, what you liked. And um, we'll be back uh, next time with some more interesting commentary of things that are going on in pop culture. Uh, I think we're going to be talking about BTTs, aren't we, Seth? Yeah. Or, or yeah. AI, whatever we want to talk about. Right. Virtual table pops for the uninitiated. And one 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 quick question before we go: Does anybody know how many Godzilla movies this makes with the release of the current one? Fifty nine, thirty seven. Ah, seems like fifty nine sometimes when you're watching. I I misremembered uh, the number you had said earlier. Yeah, Uh, I brought it up earlier on the list. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I I knew it was something eight, and I was guessing fifty eight, and it was thirty eight. Oh well. All right. Sounds good. Well, we, uh, we'll see you all next time. Thanks again for tuning in. Take care. Bye-bye. Later. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. For more information and past episodes, please visit our website at galacticdriftwood.space or subscribe to us on YouTube. And now, please deactivate your cranial downlinks collect your towels, and be sure to watch your step as you exit our gravity well.